The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Tonight after 10.15, I want to talk about an issue that really no one ever really talks about, and that is the abuse against male partners. We often hear uh, abusive relationships when women are the victims. What about when men are the victims? So we're going to look at what does that look like, emotional or physical abuse on men. And if you've ever been, if you've ever found yourself in that kind of relationship, abusive relationship as a man, would love to hear your story as well at 514-800. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. You know, you can always email me too to lori at drlori.com. And some of the, some people choose to email me when they have, you know, more to say than, than through a text. So that's, that's okay. And I do uh, take care of that at the beginning of, uh, of every show. So let me share this. I am 37, a truck driver who works 4 to 11.30 p.m. two weeks a month. I married with two young children. Driving a truck at night can get very boring, but it does give me a chance to listen to your show. My wife works daytime, so for two weeks a month, we do not see too much of each other, and quality time is only on weekends. Our marriage was not always a good one, and it got to the point where we started seeing a marriage counselor. After several sessions, even the counselor said our differences seemed to be too far apart, and we thought divorce was the only answer. My wife was diagnosed with cancer, and I do not have to tell you what a life changer that can be. Our differences were quickly put aside, and we went through it together. Today, she is a cancer survivor, and our relationship because of this improved tenfold. Yes, some problems arise, but I can honestly say that listening to your show gave me insight I would not have today. Wow. Uh, Friday night I was listening and the poem you read for whatever reason resonated with me. There was a part about doing something special for your wife for no reason. Saturday morning I took the SUV for an oil change and on my way home I stopped and bought my wife flowers. She was totally taken aback and said to me jokingly, what did you do? I just told her I was thinking about her on the way home and thought it would be nice to surprise you. I got a nice thank you, a hug and a kiss and that was fine. I turned on the TV and she was in the kitchen preparing lunch. I began to hear sniffling sounds from the kitchen. I went in and she had tears in her eyes, looked at me and just jumped into my arms and said, I love you so much and the flowers are beautiful and so are you. I can't remember the last time you did something like that. It cost me under $20 for those flowers and five minutes of my time, but her delayed reaction was priceless. Family life can get routine, and sometimes we forget how lucky we are to be loved. I may not be the best husband a woman can have, but I can say I'm a better husband than I was because of you and your show. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for that. Oh, these like so get me choked up when I read these. Thank you. I do appreciate emails like that. Um, Lori at drlori.com is the email. Or you can always text me your question at 514-800 as well if you have a question tonight. Um, I thought I would tell you what happened at school today. So this is a follow-up. Remember we there was a question about a young woman who got chlamydia and uh, approached the guy who gave it to her. She had no other sex partners ever, and he denied it, and she had broken up with him, but now he was with somebody else, and they they were debating, do we tell the girlfriend, the new girlfriend, that uh, this partner has chlamydia and hasn't done anything about it? So this is the follow-up. 
I thought I would tell you what happened at school today. My friend and I approached the girl in my class who is my dating my ex, my ex's boyfriend. My friend explained to her that she advised him that he has chlamydia, but he said she got it from someone else, not him. She explained that he was her first, so that is impossible. She was so cool about it and told us that she is still seeing him, but nothing sexual has happened, that, that she is still on the fence about him, but she is not yet seeing him exclusively, at least not yet. She did give my friend, S-H-I-T, for not making him or anyone wear a condom. Your first sexual experience and you get chlamydia. It is supposed to be memorable, but not like that. That was her response. She said she really thought it was cool that she had the courage to tell her and thanked her. So we were all wondering, like, what do we do, right? Send an anonymous note or what have you. So she actually went up to her and told her. Uh, us girls have to stick together. Guys are such liars. This is what the other girl responded. She, she said she will be careful with him, and if he cannot be honest with her, then she will not see him anymore. Then she went into her bag, pulled out a condom, and gave it to my friend. We all laughed and went to our next class. My friend knows my mom, and I emailed you for advice, and she is now part of the passion community. Thank you. Well, see, we all helped in, in our little way. All of you were able to help this, uh, this person. So thank you all, the passion community, for this. Well, coming up after 1015... The passion community will rally again together and talk about a very difficult, difficult topic, and that is the abuse of men by uh, by their partners. So, and just to lighten things up before we do that, hello, somebody texted, and hello, Dr. Lee, a little joke to start your night. Did you know they have a divorce Barbie now? Comes with all of Ken's stuff. <laughs> That's very cute. Very cute. All right, more questions by text of 514-800. My husband has trouble keeping an erection. Help. Okay, well, uh, listen, I, that gives me absolutely not enough information to go on. I have no idea how old your uh, husband is. That's number one. What's going on in his life? Has this changed? The age factor matters a lot. So if your husband is an older gentleman, I would say the very first uh, step is to go and see a, a me- his medical doctor to be able to check things like blood pressure, blood flow, um, his heart, all of that, you know, maybe blood tests, just to get a, a full um, uh, like medical assessment done to see. Is your husband taking any medication? Is this something new? Is your husband maybe suffering from depression? Uh, is that something? So like there, there's too, far too many questions here that are unanswered for me to be able to even help you in any in any concrete way. And anyway, I can only answer generally from anybody who texts in to tell you the truth because there's, it's such limited information and I haven't met you, so I can't do any, I can't diagnose on the air. I can't, you know, I can only give you general answers uh, to this. So, um, but if if your partner has can get the erection but has trouble maintaining it, I'll give you a trick you can use. But first, before I, I give you the trick, just remember you want to get to the root cause. At least that's what that's where I go. I want to know why this is happening, because I'm visualizing the uh, blood flow and then somehow the blood moving away. Right. So something is going on. Is there a blockage? Is there a a, a leak? I'm thinking of it as a like 
plumbing. Okay, so I want to get to the cause before I start treating it. But in the meantime, what you can do if your partner does experience um, the loss of erection, uh, buy a, a penis ring. Basically, it's a constriction ring that you get the erection, you put this constriction ring at the base of your penis. It's like a rubber elastic, basically. It's not an elastic, but it's like a, a, it's like a hard rubber uh, band. It's round, and you stretch it over, and you put it at the base of the penis. It squeezes your penis at the base and traps the blood. So it, it, it kind of, it constricts the vessels so that the blood can, can flow out. Uh, important not to keep it on for too long, maybe uh, 20 minutes or so, but that is something that uh, you can definitely do in the meantime, but do find out what the cause of it is. To me, that's far more um, telling and far more important and would tell me how to treat it as well and, and what I need to do with that. So hope that helps. Uh, so coming up, we're going to talk about uh, abusive relationships, intimate partner abuse of men tonight, of men. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So domestic abuse of women has certainly been in the public eye for many, many years and uh, comes up in the media all the time because you, we hear of men, uh, of, uh, of women being killed by ex-partners or estranged partners or what have you. So they certainly make the news. But you know what never makes the news is men who are abused by women or men who are abused by their uh, domestic partners and it and the reason why nobody talks about it I'm sure you can guess is uh, men have many reasons for not uh, talking about it because it doesn't feel masculine to do so or to admit that a partner is abusing you um, you know there's I mean there's a whole societal Thing with that right and the fear of not being believed or being accused themselves of uh, of being the the perpetrator of abuse so nobody wants to talk about this but guess what we are going to talk about it and I would love it if uh, you would share with us if you've ever been in an intimate partner abusive situation and you are a man I, I want us to be able to talk about this openly it's anonymous remember you can text in at 514-800 I don't don't need to know who you are you can call in too you're just a voice and um, and let let the passion community rally around this topic for uh, for today uh, on Thursday night David Essel will join me and together we're going to talk about healing from domestic uh, abuse or um, intimate partner violence or abuse for both genders. We're not going to talk about treatment tonight, but I do want to talk about the actual issue and the problem. Oftentimes people wonder like, how often does this actually happen? Well, I'm going to give you some pretty shocking news about this. So Statistics Canada first collected data on uh, intimate partner abuse of both men and women in their 1999 general social uh, survey. So this was a huge uh, survey that was done like over a five year uh, period. And guess what? Almost 
equal proportions of men and women, 7% and 8% respectively, had been the victims of intimate partner physical and psychological abuse. When it came to psychological abuse, it was 18% for men and 19% for the women. Remember, you're answering anonymous questions. Uh, Nobody knows who you are when you're answering these questions. So it's pretty, I would say, pretty accurate and they also found that it's quite consistent with other studies which reported equal rates of abuse by men and women in intimate relationships. Does this surprise you at all to hear this? Obviously there's one big difference and the big difference is that women do suffer more severe injuries than men without a doubt and maybe this is why it makes the news and this is why um, women are more likely to end up in the ER and what have you I get it and men are bigger than women and stronger and 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 such so uh, but that doesn't mean that men don't get abused and what I find interesting is talking about it is difficult and I this came to me why I wanted to talk about this is I have a a client of mine who I've been seeing for several months um, and you know very manly man let's just say successful man businessman what have you and only and then I started uh, talking about a little bit delving a little bit more into the dynamic of his relationship and only after like maybe 10 sessions do I find out that his wife hits him on a, has been hitting him on a regular basis, uh, not to mention all the other psychological abuse that has, uh, that has been going on. And he has never lifted, um, a finger, but this is what has happened and continues to be in, in this kind of relationship and finding it very difficult, uh, to leave. So I think we need to talk about what the heck does this actually uh, look like. Now I have, um, and you may be able to tell me how it looked like for you. So if you're a, a guy and you've experienced intimate partner abuse, I'd love to hear from you. Um, when I was, uh, I was 19 when my girlfriend at the time drunkenly punched me in the face. I wanted to call the cops, but knew nothing would come of it. We dated for two more years and and when it finally ended I was in turmoil but now in a happy relationship so you know drunk or not drunk uh, that should never that should never happen um so texter writes my partner is abusive how to solve how to solve the solution or how to find the solution well we'll talk about that more on Thursday night in terms of uh finding help, but there is help. And the first step is certainly talking to somebody, uh, about that. Apparently my uncle was beaten up by my aunt. They did finally get divorced and she was apparently schizophrenic. So, uh, sure. Mental illness can, can certainly play a role in that. But again, um, it doesn't excuse bad behavior, right? We can maybe understand where something comes from, but does that make it okay? Or does it mean, or, or, or should you still be saving yourself? I mean, I think saving yourself is still paramount in situations like that. So, uh, in, if you look, if we look at just the research that was done on this, 
the research divides two, there's two different types of abuse, physical abuse. So we want to talk about the physical side of it, but also the emotional, like if you're living with an emotional bully as well. So again, we're talking about men uh, that get um, abused by their partners, right? We often hear the reverse. We hear about domestic violence against women. Now tonight we're talking about men. Um, Texter writes, and he was not smaller than her, so I was surprised that he put up with it as long as he did. You know, it's not even, it's not about strength. It's uh, the, the, the gentleman that, I, that is my client who regularly gets, uh, uh, I don't want to say beaten, but hit by his wife. His wife is way smaller than him, but that, that doesn't, that's not the point here. So, of course, when a person is far bigger, uh, if the abuser is far larger, they pack a bigger punch. That's the problem, right? So, which is why, uh, that's the biggest difference when women get abused by men and, uh, men get abused by women, but nonetheless, it's still an abusive, uh, situation. If you just look at the, the, this, uh, this dynamic. So we're talking about minor and severe, but regardless, minor or severe, it's still, it's just not acceptable. So if we're looking at minor, we're talking about things like a partner who shoves you, pushes you, grabs you, slaps you, things like that, that have a low probability of causing like serious uh, physical injury or serious uh, pain. But then there's more severe physical abuse that includes um, assault that has, you know, that can cause like more serious injury, obviously, like choking, kicking, hitting with an object, uh, like a beating up a partner, using a knife or a gun uh, against a partner. So believe it or not, in either of those, whether it's minor or severe, they both fall under criminal assault in Canada. So they're both not okay. All right. And they're both, uh, criminal acts. I just want to put that, uh, put that out there. So how, how often do you think men report abuse they experience? Unfortunately, um, they don't, they don't women, men completely under uh, report the abuse that they have sustained. Mind you, they also under report the abuse they inflicted. Um, but women also under report perpetrating abuse. Uh, and they, the researchers found that as their age and education increases, the less likely they are to report, uh, perpetrating the abuse. So it actually makes it quite difficult to, um, to get those, uh, you know, the actual rates of, uh, of abuse. But the studies are still pretty clear that, uh, if you take into account, well, if you ask the questions anonymously, you're going to get on both sides, both genders, equal reporting more or less of, um, of abuse, of domestic abuse. It's just that we, more likely if a woman calls the police to, you know, for the, the guy will be uh, arrested. But again, we need to sensitize people about this because it, just because somebody hits you and doesn't necessarily leave a mark does not make it, um, more acceptable. Okay. 
Uh, text or writes in at 514-800. And I want to hear your stories as a man, too, if you've ever found yourself in these uh, situations. Um, there's no question I had at least one girlfriend that played major psychological games with me, guilt, etc. And that's something I want to look at after 1030 is uh, what is it to to live with an emotional bully or an emotionally or psychologically abusive uh, partner? It's um, obviously easier to know when something is physically abusive, right? We all, I think we all agree on that. But what about things that are emotionally or uh, psychologically abusive? So we need to uh, have a look. Uh, there's no question. This, uh, oh, yeah, that played major psychological role. So the passion poet weighs in. How can one abuse your partner? Don't you really care? It's supposed to be a team effort and a life you both share. It is not always women. Sometimes we live a lie. Some women can be very abusive, and the victim is the guy. Might be a lack of security, definitely no self-esteem, likely from his childhood, bad abuse as a teen. Too scared to stand up or perhaps too naive, a prisoner in his own mind, and too afraid to leave. And uh, you're right. There's a lot of fear about leaving. There's a lot of fear about standing up and how to stand up. There's fear that if you somehow block it from happening, that it, the tables get turned on you. I knew of another guy whose um, ex-wife came after him, uh, he described this in a parking lot, and was was hitting him and what he did so that he, he, he kept his hands behind his back the whole time for fear that if he even raised his arms to stop her, that somehow it would be interpreted. And so there's like, it it puts men in a very, very difficult, um, position and situation and one where they are unlikely to report. And we need to we need to kind of fix that. We need to we need to talk about this. This is a topic that absolutely needs to be addressed. Uh, so coming up, I want to talk about <clears throat> signs that your girlfriend or your wife is psychologically abusing you. She she is emotionally bullying you. So that's uh, coming up after we check in with our CJD eight hundred newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Tonight we're talking about uh, domestic uh, violence against male partners, so intimate uh, partner abuse, but towards men, something that hardly ever, ever gets talked about, but needs to get talked about because guess what? It happens to men equally. I kid you not, equally. The only difference is that it's true women suffer bigger injuries, more serious injuries, which makes sense. The men are bigger, um, throw a bigger punch. So that's, um, that's true. Uh, but that doesn't mean that men do not suffer at the hands of women. Texter writes in, I once got into a heated argument with my wife. I remember being so enraged. I raised my hand. I did nothing but saw the look in her eyes. I just went and sat down. She looked at me and said, you are right and I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Why don't you go take a nap? Scared the hell out of me. I know she would not have done anything, but she made her point. Um, 
well, threatening abuse is also, you know, scary, but uh, at least did, did not go through with it. But now, now I want to just talk about the emotional abuse for a minute, because that is a far more, um, let's say, I don't want to say subtle, but, you know, it's so much more obvious when someone uh, throws a lamp at your head uh, than um, someone who is insidiously abusing you over uh, over time in terms of the way they treat you, feeling bullied by someone, etc. So in that same uh, big uh, survey that was done in 1999 and followed people for five years, uh, they did look at emotional abuse as well. And they found that one out of five men and women, so we're talking about equal amounts of men and women, reported having experienced some form of emotionally abusive behavior in their current or previous intimate relationships just during the past five years. So you're talking about one out of five people, right? Men and women equally. So let's talk about what that looks like, because I also think, look, men have a harder time admitting that they are in an abusive relationship. They use other words. They don't necessarily use, um, abusive. They, they use words like she's just crazy. She's emotional. Uh, she's controlling, bossy, domineering, volatile. Those are the words that are used rather than abusive. Okay. But Let's think about this because if you describe your partner in those terms, the likelihood is there's emotional abuse happening there. So let's look at some of the behaviors that would constitute emotional um, bullying, for example. So a bully, like if, if your partner doesn't get her way, then uh, usually there's hell to pay, right? So in a situation like this, she wants to control you and resorts to emotional intimidation to do it. Verbal assaults, threats, whatever it takes to get you to do what she wants. It makes her feel powerful to make you feel bad. So think uh, narcissistic personalities. They are often uh, the, the bullies. What ends up happening in a situation like that is you end up losing your uh, self-respect, you end up feeling sad, you end up feeling uh, alone, you might develop a case of Stockholm Syndrome in which you identify with the, uh, with the aggressor and maybe even defend her behavior to others, that's, so that's often a result of that. If you live with someone who has unreasonable expectations, no matter how hard you try and how much you give, it never seems to be enough. In a situation like this, she expects you to drop whatever you're doing and attend to her needs. No matter how inconvenienced you are, she needs to come first. Seems to be an endless list of demands that no one could possibly uh, fulfill. And then... With coming along with a whole list of uh, complaints, like you're not uh, you're not romantic enough, you don't spend enough time with me, you're not sensitive enough, you're not smart enough to figure out my needs, you're not making enough money, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, blah blah. Fill in all those blanks, right? You're just never enough, and there's no pleasing her. 
course, no one would ever be enough. So just want to put that. So here's a constant uh, criticism. And what ends up happening is a man in a situation like this over time uh, experiences this sense of learned helplessness. It's a feeling of powerlessness and feeling defeated because um, there it's in a, you have like, you're in a no win situation. What do you do in a no win situation? You just, you lay down your arms. It's like, I'm defeated, right? Um, another sign of emotional bullying towards men is, uh, you know, verbal attacks like name calling, basically name calling. Um, also using, uh, it's called psychopathologizing language. So in other words, maybe they looked something up and uh, now they're accusing you of being, you know, paranoid, narcissistic, or whatever it is, like using uh, different words, right? Not just calling you an ass or, or whatever it is. But this also involves um, threatening and screaming and yelling and swearing and sarcasm, humiliation, uh, exaggerating your flaws, making fun of you in front of others, including your uh, children. So this is definitely another form of, uh, of bullying. And how do you think that's going to affect a guy? It will definitely affect their self-confidence and their sense of uh, self-worth. And when you get low, low, low with almost zero sense of self-worth left, it gets harder to leave a situation like that, even though most people would say, of course you're going to leave a situation like that, but it's not that easy. Uh, gaslighting. Gaslighting is scary. It's like, you know, your partner did something and she says, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Or it was, it wasn't that bad. You're imagining things. Stop making things up. Stop, stop imagining things. So this is, um, you know, someone who is prone to like raging episodes in which she spirals into some other place. Um, so again, makes you doubt your perception and memory of events, right? Even though you know in your head, well, wait a second, I saw that this happened. So this might make you to start doubting your own sanity, it's a, it's, it's like crazy making behavior, you know, it leaves people feeling uh, confused and again, helpless. It's very hard when you get into that helpless mode, right? Um, another form of emotional abuse or emotional bullying is unpredictable responses. Uh, basically round and round and round she goes where she'll stop. Nobody knows. This is, uh, can be part of a, a borderline personality or a borderline characteristic, let's just say. Uh, but it, it's like unpredictability, right? On certain days, she may act one way and, and on other days act differently. You just, you never know when that person is going to, um, to explode or when that same behavior done on a diff, on a given day, on one day might cause an explosion on another day, uh, not. Um, <laughs> okay. First of all, somebody said, you just made me realize that all women are somewhat controlling. Every male I'm sure has experienced at least one thing you mentioned. Can you honestly say you have not done at least one to your hobby? Now let's, let's explain this for a minute. 
it isn't one thing. You're talking about a grouping of behaviors, right? So, of course, there might be a time when you get into an argument and you slip out a uh, a nasty word or you swear at your partner or what have you. We're not talking about a one-off situation. We're talking about this on a regular, regular basis when it's just not one thing. We're talking about multiple behaviors that, uh, that indicate abuse. So it's not that all women are controlling or all men are one way or another way. That's not, that's not how we look at this. We have to look at what are all of these behaviors that, uh, and done on a regular basis, not a one-off thing. This is not a one-off thing. So remember that. Um, coming up, I want to talk about, um, things like rejection. And we have a question about withholding, withholding sex. Is that a form of abuse or bullying? We'll talk about that next. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Do you find yourself constantly on edge, walking on eggshells and waiting for the other shoe to drop with your partner? If that's the case, you may be in an emotionally abusive relationship. And uh, tonight we're talking about men who find themselves in these situations. We often talk about domestic violence and usually it has to do with women in these situations. But tonight I wanted to focus in a little bit on men because they are far less likely to report it, far less likely to get help for it. Uh, and, and so they suffer in silence and they suffer alone. They don't tell their friends. They don't tell their family. They barely want to tell their therapists. And this, I can tell you firsthand, uh, in, in working with male clients who take quite a while to open up and tell me, what's happening at, uh, at home. They're okay talking about their own bad behaviors, but they, it takes them quite a while, uh, to share this. They're quite, um, they feel a lot of shame and guilt even when, uh, when this is coming out. So, uh, but if, if you are going through something like this, please reach out, reach out to help because there is help out there. SOS Violence Conjugale is not just for women. It's also for, uh, for men. There are victim services within the Canadian government. Also RCMP victim services. There are community and social service offices. There are men's lines, uh, that you, uh, you can uh, also, um, reach out to. And if you want to read a, a really, really good report, the Canadian government put out this, uh, the report called, um, uh, let me get the name of it for you. It, it, it's, it's all, um, if you go on the, the, uh, the Canada website, I'll get it for you after this. All right, let me see if I can find the name of it. But nonetheless, it was a big report done on, uh, male victims of domestic abuse. And it's an excellent, excellent, uh, document that, uh, shares all the studies and everything, what it looks like, etc. So it's really, really good. So some of the stuff I want to more talk about in terms of emotionally abusive uh, relationships. So living in a situation where you're constantly walking on eggshells is like, um, 
is like living through trauma over and over again. It's a traumatic response. You're being traumatized by your partner's uh, behavior because you can't predict your partner's response. So you end up becoming hypervigilant to any slight change in your partner's mood or uh, potential outbursts. And it leaves a, a guy in a perpetual state of anxiety and uh, possibly fear. So it's it's scary but it's hard for men to admit this. They uh, feel a lot of shame um, around this, unfortunately. So uh, also living with uh, an, in an abusive, emotionally abusive relationship is when you're living in constant chaos, when you feel that your partner is addicted to conflict, that um, you know she may deliberately start arguments and conflicts, could be as a way to avoid intimacy or being called out on her own crap, right? Uh, maybe picking, uh, picking fights, um, to get you to react so that she can accuse you of being abusive and then she can be the victim later on. So that's a projection. Okay. We call that projection, but, uh, this obviously will leave men feeling, uh, dazed and, and confused, not like it's very, very, very stressful situation to live in. Emotional blackmail is something else. And uh, again, it's not one thing at one time. You're looking at a pattern here. And oftentimes this happens over a long period of time, over the course of a long-term um, relationship. So uh, another text writes in, OMG, you describe my ex-girlfriend, son of my mom to a T in the last points, left her when our son wasn't even born yet. Two years were great, so much so that I'm, I had my then vasectomy reversed to give her a child. It was so bad that I made the decision to not see my son anymore. My psyche was exhausted. It took a long time to get over it. Another text wrote, you just described my whole married life. The last 27 years, emotionally defeated by a narcissistic wife. Please get help. Please, please reach out and talk to somebody really, um, important. When we talk about emotional blackmail, we're talking about threats, for example, to end the relationship or some, a partner who gives you the, the cold shoulder. If you don't play by uh, her rules, someone who plays on your fears, your vulnerabilities, your weaknesses, your shame, um, basically pushes all your buttons to control you and get uh, what she wants. This leaves men feeling manipulated, used, and controlled. There's also um, rejection, right? Ignoring you, um, pushing you so far away. Um, it, it's this is kind of like this is where you start to feel unlovable, unwanted. Um, the person makes you believe no one else would want you, etc course this also happens to women but right tonight we're talking about particularly men uh, withholding affection and sex somebody brought that up in a text message is uh, is this using sex as a leverage is that not a form of uh, of abuse well it's certainly another form of rejection and emotional blackmail but it's not about the sex it's about withholding physical psychological and emotional nurturing 
it, and that includes also a lack of interest in anything that's important to you, whether it's your family, your friends, your job, anything, anything. It's being uh, completely uninvolved and emotionally detached. The person shuts down completely. So it, it ends up, you end up feeling like you only have a transactional relationship in which you have to either perform tasks or buy her things or be nice to her or give in to demands in order to receive uh, love and affection and of course sex. So it ends up making guys feel like they uh, do, do not feel loved or appreciated for who they are, but only for what they can do for her or buy for her. Uh, other forms of abuse include um, isolation, so uh, acting in ways that cause you to distance yourself from your family, from your friends, or anybody that would be a source of support uh, for you. And that includes trashing your friends, trashing your family, being overtly hostile to your uh, to your the close people around you. Oftentimes I see this with family, uh, family members, um, acting out, starting arguments in front of others to make it as unpleasant as possible for them to be around the two of you. So this ends up making a men feel completely dependent on their, uh, partner because now you have no other outside sources of uh, support or they control the amount of interaction somehow that you have with them. So you end up feeling trapped alone. You're afraid to tell anyone what actually goes on in your relationship. A, because you don't think they're even going to believe you and B, because of the feelings, unfortunately, of shame, etc., that you may have. You do not have to accept emotional abuse in your relationship. You do not have to accept physical abuse in your relationship. You need to get help to be able to uh, uh, fix this. So whether it's um, marriage counseling or end it, that is the reality. So unfortunately, most uh, emotionally abusive women or physically abusive women don't want help. They don't think they need help. Uh, they are the victims, right? Um, but unfortunately, even if your partner does not want to get help, you need to get help because life is too short to live it this way. Uh, yes, this texture writes, my girlfriend dropped me and then came back a month later again. She dropped me. Then we are on again. She said she doesn't meet my expectations. So she gets sad. I told her if she does that again, I'm leaving her. One year now still on, but she sometimes changes moods and gets quote unquote sad. On eggshells, on eggshells, well, because I like her, but I am anxious all the time. Well, you should not be living in a situation where you are anxious all the time. That is um, something that nobody really should should live with. Oh, <laughs> um, what can I say here? What can someone do at home? Well, if you tune in on Thursday night, David Essel is going to join us and we're going to talk about how the kinds of help that people can get, what can be done. Uh, he often helps people through these situations as well. So we'll, uh, we'll focus on, on the help. It's such a huge topic really 
that uh, it requires several evenings to to discuss this. But I'm glad we at least got it out in the open. And thank you all for sharing your difficult stories with us tonight. I we all appreciate it very much. Uh, thank you to uh, Dave Simon, our technical producer tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. You can listen to uh, all past podcasts, including this one. If you want to share this with someone who you think may be experiencing this kind of abusive relationship, then please do uh, share it and let's get the word out. Let's, let's keep talking about these difficult topics as well. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>